Same Doobie Journey podcast, where not only do we break down one film a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including Pod v Pod with various other guests. We play movie games, trivia, talk about everything else we've been watching, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel Henderson. Hendo, how are you going today, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right this week, my friend. How about yourself? Yes, very good, very good. Enjoying my uh, my day off. We've got lovely sunshine outside, so yeah, I might go home and mow later. I think I might mow the lawns later too. Yeah, I guarantee mine are worse. I think my grass has actually slowly turned into one big weed. <laughs> well, they make it easy. If you're doing some weed, just pull it out. Have you ever weeded? I have weeded. Weeding it's is horrible. not easy. It's so bad. <laughs> no, but how was your weekend, my friend? Yeah, not bad. I did a golf again. Actually saw Endgame for a second time. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I've, I've settled in at the four and a half star mark for Endgame. Cool. Okay. I considered five. It's just not there for me. So four and a half stars for Endgame. What about you? Yeah, I didn't do much this week. Kind of a uh, nice little slow week. We did have a, a, a big ski sale at week, which uh, was fine. Wasn't uh, as we anticipated. So, oh, really? Yeah. But it was, Sales it was a bit down since you've taken over? <laughs> Well, it was uh, easy pickings. We did have a lovely guest spot on the Epic Film Guys live stream for The Cure. Of course, that was uh, obviously a great, great cause and hats off to those guys. What they did was pretty incredible. Not only uh, do they meet their goal, they exceeded it as well. It's, uh, it's fantastic from Nick and Justin and Louis Sauce over there. An amazing cause, amazing effort for, oh, I mean, it was great to be part of it and contribute whatever we could to the cause. Absolutely. And something new for us. We were on camera for the first time. Yeah, and live. And live. Yeah. <laughs> so just pile it on. None of these uh, little cute little editing tricks we employ <laughs> normally. <laughs> no, we, uh, we, we did all right. I think we did all right. Yeah, it was good. The feedback I've heard is that, yeah, that it, was, it was a good watch. Yes. Okay, Hendo, what else are we doing today? Well, we've got Pod V Pod 20 this week. Big milestone once again. 20 Pod V Pods, mate. So it seems like yesterday we had our first Pod V Pod with Billy and Topher. Oh, Billy and Topher, of course. Yeah. It, was, uh, it, was a while, it was a while ago now. So how many Pod V Pods have we done now with guests on the show? We've done 17 Pod V Pods with different guests. And we've done two, just me and you. Two, just you and me. And today we're going to make it a third because Pod yeah. V Pod 20 is Daniel versus Dean. Woohoo! <laughs> Trilogy completes. Complete. Complete. We're, We're not complete. doing it again. Well, this is our own little trilogy to start with. You won the first one. I won the second one. Let's see who's going to take out this one. Let's see who reigns supreme. And then after that, we'll be looking at the answers that you, the listeners, gave to our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite Richard Gere movie? And there's so many great options to choose from, isn't there, Hendo? I'm sure there is for some people. <laughs> and as usual, that is our top five for this week, which I must tell you, heading into this week, I hadn't seen five Richard Gere films. So really? I, I had to do some work to fill out this list. Wow. I haven't even checked. <laughs> you haven't even done your list yet? I haven't done it yet. Oh, man. God, I hope I've seen five Richard Gere. Oh, no, I have. There's no way I haven't. Yeah, even you, if, probably, even you definitely would have. Even if I have to throw in Runaway Bride. I think if I'm <laughs> looking at the movies that I've put on the list, I think you've... I think you've seen them all. Okay. And then after that, we'll take a look at the results of the best 1970s film tournament qualifiers, as well as how our bracket is going. Now, as usual, for these tournaments, we fill out our own little bracket to compete against each other. And at the end of the tournament, whoever gets the most right gets to give the other person a movie. So we'll see how that's going along. And then after that, we'll be talking about what else we've been watching for the last two weeks. And uh, man, Dean has got a record number. (laughs) (laughs) A record indeed. Dean has been busy watching the TV. I just don't know if it's any movies or not. No. We'll find out soon enough, though. Yes, we will. But as usual, let's take a look at the numbers between Paul and myself for the Movie Watching Challenge. He's had a nice. He's 
Sarais. I'm winning. I'm winning. And currently I am on 240 to pause 269. Still ahead by a fair decent chunk. A long way. Yeah. But I've got plenty of time to catch up. I've, uh, between you and me, listeners, I'm really feeling like Hendo is uh, hes getting a bit cranky now that he's losing. <laughs> it doesn't bother me right now. It's not even halfway through the year. I've got mm. plenty of weeks coming off where I won't be working. I'll be doing nothing but watching movies. What an exciting time that oh, will be for be you. Awesome. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break here, give you a couple of promos from some awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with Pod V Pod 20. You ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? You ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd! Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, it's time for Pod V Pod 20, where we usually have some of your favorite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. But this week, Daniel versus Dean. Let's do it, Dean. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting a long to time to hear those words, Ando. <laughs> I've also been waiting a long time to hear this. DVD challenge. God, that takes me back. Oh, memories. Memories. All right, we got five. Five? We got five questions, five, brothers. Five. <laughs> no, we've got five rounds here. First round is our standard movie quiz. Pub quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. Dean, we'll start it off with you. All right, Hendo. In the category of greatest actors of all time, according to the disaster artist author Greg Sestero, how many takes did it take Tommy Wiseau to say this famous line? I did not hit her. It's bullshit. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I can see the uh, the quality of questions you're going to be giving me today. <laughs> <laughs> How many takes? Uh, 52. Ooh, close. 32. That's not close at all. Well, you got the two right. Do I get half a point? <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> all right, mate. Here's your first question. In Italian translation, who is Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I mean, I have no idea. Is this a reference to that movie? No. I'll uh, give you that. Okay. Hint. Thank you for telling me that. Um, That's how generous I am. Because I might have gone with like Iron Man or something because of Robert Downey Jr., Never mind. Um, <laughs> who is Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Italian. The Godfather. No. It's uh, James Bond. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Does that make a little bit of sense there? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you said Italian, I was thinking, all right, let's go to Italian sort of movies and The Godfather kisses and he bang bangs. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that was my thinking. Yep, but we are sitting at nil each. Nil each. <laughs> Classic Daniel and Dean <laughs> in a pod v pod. All right. The next category for you, my good fellow, is directors. What is Christopher Nolan's lowest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes, you're a piece of shit. 
Uh, well, I'm not going to say IMDb because uh, you know it. <laughs> rotten Tomatoes. I've got no idea of Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I'm going to narrow it down to, I guess it's Insomnia or Following. But why would you give me that if those would be the clear choices? You're trying to throw me off and it's going to be something like, man, I don't even think it'd be anything else, to be honest. I really think you think I'm going to say Following, but it's like it's actually Insomnia. Oh, but I want to say following. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, following. No, it's also not insomnia. Okay. <laughs> it's actually at 72% Interstellar. Okay. Hmm. I thought that was interesting because of how high Interstellar mm. is on IMDb. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I got one here in the category of Oscars. Nice. Which X-rated movie won an Oscar? Midnight Cowboy. Very good, sir. Hey, hey, I'm on the board. All right. Nervous now, considering the questions you're giving me. Okay, the next category is Marvel. Mm. What was the first full-length feature film based on a Marvel Comics property? Howard the Duck. Correct! Yes! <laughs> I wasn't sure if you would know that, like, straight away, but I'm, I'm glad you got one right, Hendo. Had to have a little think about that one. All right, mate, your next question in the category of actors. Which famous actor turned down the role of David Mills in Seven before it went to Brad Pitt? Just trying to think of young white actors in the 90s. This is surprisingly tough to even think of candidates. Hmm. I'm not going to give you easy questions, am I? I can't imagine it's right, but I'll just say Tom Cruise. No. You had already lost when you said you were looking for young 90s white men because it was Denzel Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. All right, still one apiece. It is. All right, next up, in the category of MCU films. (laughs) (laughs) And just a heads up, just a quick spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Infinity War and you don't want to know the ending, skip ahead like one minute. In Infinity War, who is the very first person we see dusted after the snap? Bucky. Oh, no! (laughs) Yes, that is correct. Well done. How'd you know that so well? I've seen that shot, like, so many times. Damn. Man, I could almost name them in order. Well, that's good, because my last question... (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think this question... Nah, uh, nah, it's it's not easy. I don't think it's easy at all. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, in the category of inspirations, what movie inspired Frank Darabont to use voiceover narration for the Shawshank Redemption? You've thrown me with the it's not easy because it makes me think that you thought maybe it was easy and now you're deciding no, it's not. Voiceover, early 90s. Man, I can't think of anything. And even before, like maybe it could be 80s, but what movies use voiceover that are fairly old now? I'm just, I'm drawing such a blank with voiceover. Shawshank was 94. Is it another Morgan Freeman film? Did Driving Miss Daisy have voiceover? (laughs) I don't know. Pass. I've got no idea. Wow, you're going to kick yourself. I don't know if it was my discussion at the start. Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure, of course. Yep. See, now that you know it, it's. I, I, know, I thought it was I, easy. Look at him going, this is easy. And I'm like, as soon as I thought of saying this is easy, I'm like, oh, I think I might be giving this away. So I'll pull back on the this is easy. Yeah, good fellas. Yeah, shit. I should have got that. Nice. All right. Two to one. One question left. All right. Your last question. In the category of box office, rank the five diehard movies from highest grossing to lowest grossing 
worldwide. From highest to lowest? Yep. Okay. I'm going to go four, three, one, two, five. You are incorrect. Oh. Four is right. Yeah. Three is right. Yeah. But the next one worldwide is actually the lowest in the US. Oh, yeah, worldwide, of course. Is So the third one is A Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah. Then Die Hard 2, then Die okay. Hard. Uh, I still would have... Uh, one, did one make... Did you say one made more than two? No, nah, one was the lowest. Okay. Oh, okay. Huh. Good question, Dean. Thank you, Hendo. Now, give me a good question that I will get right. For a tie? Yes. Well, either way, I'm giving you a film for this one. Because as we usually do, every round, whoever wins it gives the other person a movie to watch. Yes, of course. How could I forget? (laughs) All right. This category for you is Critics' Choice. Well, that's a fantastic category. Yes, it is. What movie was voted the greatest foreign language movie of all time by the BBC Critics in 2018? Dan's going to have a little think here. All right, I'm just trying to think foreign language. I'm pretty sure the highest rated on IMDb is City of God, and it's also one of my favourites. What else are some great ones? Stuff like Pan's Labyrinth. I can't imagine that'd be there, though. Uh, Life is Beautiful. I know that was... That at least won Oscars. I'm sure there's some huge old movie I'm missing. Oh, ooh, what about Japanese cinema? What about, uh, what about Seven Samurai? Hmm... Mm. Yeah, all right. I'll lock in Seven Samurai. Very good, sir. Yeah! Yes! Do it! Good get. Thank you. See, I said give me a uh, a good question that I will get, and you delivered, so I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Very good. So, two all tie for the first round. Nice. Jolly good. All right, mate. What movie am I going to be watching? All right, I'm going to give you a movie that I'm actually quite surprised you haven't seen. It is One Hour Photo. Cool. Nice. Yeah, cool. Sick, bro. Well, the first movie I'm going to be giving you, since I feel like I'm going to be giving you some more later, Mm. uh, there was a lot of dog movies that you mentioned you hadn't seen before recently. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And I know you love your dog movies. All right. So I'm giving you Turner and Hooch. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's great. I know. See, I'm not not an asshole all the time. I just expect so little of you. (laughs) All right, now it's time for our second game, which is... Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Where both Dean and I have three actors or actresses, and the other person has to guess what is their known for movies on their IMDb page. All right, Hendo, since I went first on the last game, why don't you kick it off this time? Who's the first actor or actress for me? I have an actress for you, and that is Sally Field. Okay. I'm not sure I'll be able to get four Sally Field movies, but here goes. Lincoln. That's one. Mrs. Doubtfire. No. I mean, that was obvious, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm not sure if she's in this or even if this is a real movie, but First Wives Club? No. And lastly, I'm almost sure she's not in this, but for the life of me, (laughs) I just can't think of anything she's in. Okay. Like, she's probably in, like, Age of Innocence or Dangerous Liaisons or some period piece. But I'll take uh, Little Women. No. Okay. What is she in? I think the one you're thinking of is Still Magnolias. Sure. Definitely. There's also one from her heyday, Smokey and the Bandit. Yep. Never heard of it. And Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. Should have got Gump. Yeah. That's a tough one. Tough one to start things off. Hey, I try and go for ones where you can get at least two. Two are easy and you couldn't even get one of those two. Fair enough. All right. Your first actress. 
is Carrie Mulligan. Okay, I'm going to go Shame. Correct. Hmm. <laughs> Damn. What's the matter, Hendo? <laughs> oh, what is that movie you got me to watch a while ago now? The life of me, the, the name is not coming to me. I did see her in a movie last year that I think would be in there. Wow. I'm blanking so hard on Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Good. Now you know how I felt. <laughs> Damn, what, what is that movie called? I mean, I'm, I'm going to struggle to get four films here, so I'm going to say the one that's on my mind at least, Wildlife. No. Okay. Wow. Jeez. Carrie Mulligan. Man, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that movie in my head. I just can't remember the name of it. I have these two movies in my head that I know are not this movie. I don't know why I keep thinking of Atonement and October Sky for some stupid reason. But if I can't think of anything else, I'm going to say those two. Man, I legit cannot think of any more. Give up, Hendo. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to say those other two non-Carrie Mulligan films. Oh, um, Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, no. Oh, that's a Carrie Mulligan film, though. It is, it is. All right, now, which one of these fake ones do I choose now? Whatever. I know I the movie I'm speaking of, I can't even give you a description, it's just like a regular film. She's like whatever, atonement. No. Nah. What's it what's it called? Okay, the movie that you couldn't think of was An Education. Okay. Was that on there? Yes, it was. Okay. I wasn't gonna get that. <laughs> um I'm surprised you didn't say movies like Drive or Great Gatsby. Okay. I just couldn't think of them. Neither one of them were on there. But uh <laughs> the other movie. <laughs> The other movies on there were Never Let Me Go from 2010 and Suffragette. Wow, you are a scumbag. What? There's two movies you should have got and there's two that, you know, a bit harder. Isn't that what you said for Sally Field, Hendo? All right, mate. My next one for you. Who I am shocked we have not picked yet. Liam Neeson. Really? Yeah. We haven't picked Liam Neeson? No. All right. Let's uh, let's get some out of the way. Taken. No. Schindler's List. Yes. The Phantom Menace. No. Uh, okay. Yeah, I haven't done very well with this one. I'm not. I mean, there's probably a Taken sequel on there, but gee, it's too hard. I mean, what else is Liam? Like Love Actually, but wouldn't really be known for that. I think I'll take the Grey for the last pick. Very good. That's on there. Nice. Now the other two were the A Team. Yeah, I was never saying that. And Kinsey. Yeah, I'd never say that either. I haven't seen either of them, have you? I've seen the A-Team. Okay. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like two and a half kind of action yeah. film. Yep. All right. All right, two points for you, mate. All right, your next one is Idris Alba. Let's go Beasts of No Nation. Correct. I'll say Thor. No. Hmm. What about Star Trek Beyond? Whew, good get. Yeah. Thank you. My last one, I think I'm going to take Tangent here, and I'm going to say The Wire. No. Ah. So the the two you missed out on were Thor Ragnarok. Okay. <laughs> Come on, IMDb. And The Losers. Oh, never picking that. Mm. Ah, okay, we're still tied, three each. <laughs> okay. One each in the first round and two each in the second. So All I right. guess we're going to go three for this one. Here we go. All right, your last one, mate, is Mr. Matthew McConaughey. 
Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. All right. All right. Is it the... What is it? Is it the wild turkey ad? No, nah, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, Matthew McConaughey. Let's go. Gee, he's in a lot. He is in a lot. The best ones are people who are in a lot of different films that you could pick. Mm. Give me Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. Give me How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. No. <sighs> Thought that might have been there. He's in He's in so many bad, like, fool's gold and stuff. Surely that's not there. Uh, Magic Mike. Good pick. Thank Good you. Pick. Okay, so I've got two. I'm, I'm okay with two. Oh, gee. Love a mud reference there. Um, they wouldn't put True Detective down, would they? Highly unlikely. So you could go like Ed TV. I used to watch that a lot. Have you seen Ed TV? I have seen Ed TV. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, Ed TV. Another, f- another collaboration with Woody Allen there. Jesus, Woody Harrelson. Of course. Yeah, that's the one. He's not in any big franchise or anything. Ah. Uh, all right, give me mud. Good pick. Yes. What hope I miss. Hope you wouldn't go back to it. What did I miss? Uh, you missed Killer Joe. Oh, wow. Gee, they went real dark, McConaughey, didn't they? Mm. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, nice. So what did I get? Three. You got three there. So you've got to get three to tie? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, mercy. All right, your last person, James Marston. I hate you so fucking much. (laughs) I mean, all I can think of is X-Men films and a couple of terrible other random films he did. I feel like you would love an Interstate 60 movie pick, so I'll pick that. No. (laughs) All the pressure's on now. (laughs) Whatever, X-Men. Yes. X2. No. And... And and which one? Hop. What is Hop? The Easter movie where he's wa- walking and talking around with the, the CGI bunny. Gee, you embarrass yourself sometimes. It's James Marsden. No, you missed out on... So you're done, yeah? Yeah. You missed out on Hairspray? Nah, never. Enchanted? Never. And 27 Dresses? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, well, what a scumbag. What a sore loser, Hendo. I'll give you Bloody McConaughey, which is at least gettable. Who even is James Marsden? It's the guy from X-Men. Yeah, and I still don't know who he is. We just did a whole film series on it. <laughs> All right, mate, what's my punishment? Uh, it's not a punishment. I've seen this film a couple of times and I'm just, yeah, it's been a while, so I'm curious to see what you think of it. It is The Last of the Mohicans. Nice, little Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, a lot of Daniel Day-Lewis. A lot of Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> yeah, Give me okay. the hot That's tip. <laughs> awesome. All right, now we're into our third round, which is... I said, and I quote... Where both Dean and I have five movie quotes that we need to say to the other person, and the other person has to guess what film the quote is from. All right, Dean, you can take it away. What's your first quote you're going to give me? All right, the first quote I'm going to give you is, There's only two things I hate in this world, people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Gold member. Damn. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. You weren't going to try and do that in a little Michael Caine accent? <sighs> no, I was not. <laughs> All right, here's one for you, mate. So long, Earth. Catch you on the flip side. So long, Earth. Catch you on the flip side. Okay, that does not ring a bell at all. So I'm just going to think, so long, Earth. Catch you on the flip side sounds very, com- like, comedy. Space comedy. So long, Earth. Catch you on the flip side. Not space balls, is it? 
No. You're on the right track with the space thing, yeah. but not the comedy. It's Apollo 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, never. Never going to get that. Okay. Your next quote is, go ahead, make my day. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, I'm very surprised at this reaction. No, because it, it feels like it's so obvious that is there some sort of trick to this? There's no trick. Okay, it's definitely Clint Eastwood. I feel like it's Dirty Harry, but... Uh, okay, Dirty Harry. No, it is definitely Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And it's from the movie Sudden Impact. Yeah, okay. So there, I Like, I... Extremely famous quote. Yeah, but what Dirty Harry movie? Sudden Impact. Yeah, and then, I don't know the names of all. Is there the? Inf- I think there's the Enforcer and something else. You should know, Hendo. Well, I do now. All right, your next one, mate. You have the power to cure all the world's diseases, but for the price for this is that you must kill a single innocent child. Could you kill that child, Stanley? That's a long quote, and you've given me a character name. Yeah, see, I'm generous. Stanley. Is it Stanley Ipkiss? Ah. Uh... All diseases. To do it, you've got to kill one child. Price Stanley. See, again, that's, that's not ringing a bell. I kind of wish you hadn't have said Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Stanley or Stanley? I said Stanley. Okay. okay. But what? <laughs> uh, eight Mile. No. It's uh, a classic early 2000s action film. Swordfish. Oh, he is Stanley. He is Stanley. Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely Stanley. Uh, I've seen that film a few times. I don't remember the quote at all. Okay. I guess John Travolta would say it to him. Yes, that is laugh- true. While laughing maniacally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're up to the third question here, and it's one to nil. What do you got for me, mate? Are you trying to think how to not do this in a specific accent? All right. Your next one is, careful, chief. Dig up the past. All you get is dirty. That is not ringing any bells. Good. <laughs> Careful, chief. Right, so it's some sort of police thing. What was that, chief? Do it, the kid said. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I got no idea. It's it's this. Can't even think of a movie that they would say that in. Maybe it's like a like a comedy cop film. It's not said seriously. It's like, okay, um, you dig up the past, you get dirty. Like, it's a... Uh, I'll just say the other guys. No, it's actually Minority Report. Okay, so it is a serious quote. It is a serious okay. quote. <laughs> All right, mate, your third quote here. We're here. Nobody down there can help us. So if you don't get this job done, everybody's gone. See, that does sound a little familiar. And I feel like someone. I'm glad that you've given a quote with some sort of recognition. I feel like this person's like yelling it to someone. The you know the real climax of the movie. Now we're here, and if we do, is it Armageddon? I'm going yeah, with Armageddon. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that ties it up, doesn't it? That does tie it up. One apiece, which is uh, more than I thought we'd get. All right. Your fourth quote is, "I wish I knew how to quit you." Breakback Mountain. Yeah. I don't think I would have got that. Really? Yeah. I wasn't okay. sure if you'd get that or not, but no. Well done. Well done. All right. How about this one? Sometimes I think I think all three of us got in that car. Oh, I know this. Do you? I know this for sure. Yeah? Man, I love this movie. Mystic River. Yeah, good hit. 
Yeah, that's a great quote as well. Isn't it? Yeah, that's good. All right, two each in the last round. All right, your last quote here as we sit all tied up. How do you write women so well? I think of a man and I take away reason and accountability. All right, nothing standing out. Dean's got a big grin on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to think of uh, writers in film. How do you write women so well? I feel like that's the thing I should be focusing on. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I really, I have this image of like old period pieces where they're, it's, a, it's the story of how they made this book and that, but I feel like I'm going to take a different route here and go a little bit more modern. This is just a wild stab in the dark, but I'm going to say adaptation. Oh, I thought you were going to say it. No, it's not adaptation. <laughs> From the same movie, I'm drowning here and you're describing the water. Nah, I still don't have it. Never, never interrupt me, okay? Not if there's a fire. Not even if you hear the sound of a thud from my home and one week later there's a smell coming from there that can only be a decaying human body and you have to hold a hanky to your face because the stench is so thick that you think you're going to faint. Even then, don't come knocking. No. As good as it gets. Okay. Do you like that movie? I've seen it a long time ago. Man, I love As Good As It Gets. It's such a great Why couldn't script. you have had You Make Me Want To Be A Better Person? I nearly did! Oh, why did you I do that? I actually had You Make Me Want To Be A Better Man. Oh, I would have got that in a heartbeat. Oh, wow, okay. Well, you picked the right quote then. Awesome. So, this is for the win, mate. For the win. Real loss is only possible when you love someone more than you love yourself. Gee, I know that. Real loss is... Because real loss is only possible when you love someone more than you love yourself, which you can't... So this is a perfect quote. Is it? Because I know it. Good one to finish it off. So well. If you can only love yourself. Okay, it's definitely a woman saying it. You can only love yourself. Is it the social network? No! (laughs) What is it? I think you said it's a woman, and I think it's Robin Williams. It's Good Will Hunting. Oh, it is too. It is Robin Williams. Yep. Ah, good quote. Oh, I thought I was a little scared there for a second. <laughs> uh, we end up on a two-all tie. <laughs> we do well. Yes, we do. All right, mate. What's the third film you're giving me? No, you go first. What are you giving me? Okay, I am going to go with the Hayao Miyazaki film, The Wind Rises. Okay. I've heard good things about it. More, one of his more recent ones. I think it actually might have been his last film he did. Oh, the one that killed him, eh? Wow. Doesn't that at least make it intriguing to watch? I guess. I guess. No, I mean, I like um, Miyazaki, so i got no issues at all with that pick. All right, for you, I'm going to give you an Edward Norton film that I only ever saw once, and it is The 25th Hour. Cool. Awesome. That's a Spike Lee film? Yes. Cool. It's got an American Bulldog on the poster. Oh, is that why you love it so much? Is that why you picked it? <laughs> well, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> All right, it's time for our fourth game, which is... Scholars of Trivia. Where Dean and I have to guess what the movie we're suggesting is based off a piece of trivia off their IMDb page. All right, mate, I'll ask the first question here. The code title for this film used during production was Tights. I mean, these are so hard. <laughs> the code, the is, code move. It like, is hard to find ones that are like you could tights. get. Tights. Seeing those strapping tights again. Um, we'll go hook. No, it is The Incredibles. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Pretty hard. Pretty hard. Uh, I think most of these are going to be hard. All right, Hendo, on to you. The car used by Will Smith's character is a concept car called Audi RSQ, which was designed exclusively for the film and includes special features suggested by director. 
Alex Prius. iRobot. Correct. I think I had it before Alex Prius, but once you said him, I'm like, okay, this is it. Good, good, good. Dean. The producers couldn't afford enough extras for the boxing match sequences. Whenever a camera angle changed, the extras had to move around to create an illusion of a crowded house. I feel like I've heard this before. I feel like we've broken it down before. Is it City Lights? No, it's Snatch. Ah, oh, mm. I feel like they did that in City Lights as well. I thought you were going to say Rocky. No, 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 no. That's weird that they wouldn't have enough extras for Snatch. I don't know. Why would they not have enough extras for I a movie know, like I that? I didn't make the movie. Budget would have been pretty good. He'd just come off Lockstock. Great okay. cast. Why don't you get talk to him then? You want to get Guy Ritchie on the phone? I mean, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> All right, Hendo, on to you. The poster for the film was deliberately styled to resemble another romantic epic, Titanic. Okay, another romantic epic. So this movie is a romantic epic. I can neither confirm nor deny. Can you repeat the question then? The poster for the film was deliberately styled to resemble another romantic epic, Titanic. See, the only other romantic epic <laughs> I'm thinking of, and I'm just, it's, it's, the one I'm thinking of is, is Pearl Harbor. And I'm just trying to remember this poster. You've got, like, the, the planes and the boats on the side, and you've got Affleck's mug on the, on the top. The Titanic one, it's got the, it's got the Titanic in the middle, and then up the top you've got DiCaprio and Winslet. Are they looking, are they, like, head touching? Are they looking away from each other? Is that similar to the Pearl Harbor poster? Romantic epic. Hmm. Yeah, um, okay. I just gotta go Pearl Harbor. No. No. It is yet again Brokeback Mountain. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. All right, cool. Makes total sense. Yes. Thinking about that poster for sure. Yeah, it does. When I read that, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. The only time that Samuel L. Jackson received top billing in a film directed by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Definitely not. Pulp Fiction, because he was the and Samuel Jackson. Ooh, Jackie Brown. Nah, it'd be Pam Greer for Jackie. Oh, top billing. Does top billing mean they appear first on the poster or does it mean they actually got paid the most? Can either confirm or deny. Okay. Top billing. Ooh, it could be Jackie Brown. Obviously, it's not Kill Bill. It's not Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, it could be the Hateful Eight as well. Honestly, when you asked me, I was nearly going to immediately say the Hateful Eight. Who would take more than... I'm just thinking of the poster of The Hateful Eight as well is him. And I think he's alone. All right, I'll say, I'll say Hateful Eight. Logic's weird, but you got there. It's Hateful Eight. Yeah, he's good. not alone on the poster. They're all there. They're all there? I yeah. can just see him. Well, at least he's big, bigger and in the middle, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're wrong about Pulp Fiction. He's not the and. He's second bill. The and is Bruce Willis. Oh, I thought Bruce Willis was with. No. No. Oh, John is... Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson... Oh. I believe it's Uma Thurman next. It's probably like uh, with Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken and, and Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yeah, yeah. That trailer. No, you're right. All right. Oh, very good. You got one. Thank you <laughs> for your condescending support. All right, let's uh, stick with Quentin Tarantino here. Cool. In the DVD commentary, Quentin Tarantino admits that this is the most autobiographical movie he has ever made. Autobiographical, so that means the story about I can him. neither confirm nor I deny. Don't need to. <laughs> Autobiographical means it's the most true story about him. As much as whatever whatever movie he whatever movies he's done, this is most like his life. Because it's an autobiography. Wow, I'm going through these films like which one is more like his life? Death proof? Like, no way. Not Kill Bill. 
Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. How is any of these close, like the closest to his life? Jackie Brown? Who? This is a weird trivia. Like you said, autobiographical. I didn't. You didn't say that. You said autobiographical. Yes, autobiographical. <laughs> so it's not just. It's not biographical. Like it's not a story about someone else. It's close to that it could be. It's not. In, it's not in Glorious Bastards. Which of these films? I mean, are we including Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? That. I mean, that sounds more similar to his life about making movies. Surely. Can I get like? Are we including this? Is this not even out yet? I can oh, you neither can't do confirm that. nor deny. If it turns out to be this, this is a joke. I mean, that so stands out as the movie most like his life. Surely you wouldn't go look up trivia for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Can you just say that one more time for me? In the DVD commentary, Quentin Tarantino admits that this is the most autobiographical movie he has ever made. He made, okay. So it's not written, so it couldn't have been True Romance or Four Rooms or anything like that. It has to be the one that he made. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, okay. Okay, and it's not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's a DVD commentary. Oh, very quick of you to pick yeah. that up, Endo. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you really thinking that uh, the DVD... DVD commentary. So are they talking about they wouldn't be talking about DVD commentaries for more recent films, would they? We're moving over to the Blu-ray there, so it's probably one of the older films of his. Oh, I'm boiling it down to one of his first three, I guess. It's nowhere. It's it's not Kill Bill. It's not Inglorious Bastards. It's not Django Unchained. It's not The Hateful Eight. Jackie Brown, maybe. I feel like it's Jackie Brown or Pulp Fiction. Death Proof. No, it's. it's could it be Death Proof? It's the most closest to his life in terms of like a stuntman who works on movies. Ah, uh, yeah, fuck it, Death Proof. That is not correct. Okay. And I feel like you're gonna get upset, but the answer is True Romance. He didn't make that. It's a trivia. Yeah, that's it's a trivia, Hendo. Oh, that, I didn't write the trivia. That is. He helped make the movie. He wrote the script. He didn't make it. He wrote it. Without it, it wouldn't exist. Oh, you should have. You should have gone. You should have gone with what you were thinking. It does not make sense for any of the Tarantino yeah, directors. Yeah, but you said films. it was one that he made. Well, I, I read the trivia. Yeah. No, he didn't make the movie. <laughs> oh man, that was a little dodgy, but whatever. That's the way you want to go about it. Uh, your fourth question here, or your fourth piece of trivia. There are 110 spaces that the characters must progress to finish the game. What? You're that, not listening. That's a piece of trivia? Yeah. Say it again. There are 110 spaces that the characters must progress to finish the game. What do you mean is that trivia? Have you seen some of the trivia on some of these films? Um, 110 spaces. I mean, immediately I just think Jumanji, but 110? I just, I'm not sure what else this could apply to, though, so... 110 spaces, but I'm sure you would also read that and think, oh, Dean's just going to straight away think of Jumanji. That's too easy if it's Jumanji. 110 spaces. Can you say it again, please? There are 110 spaces that the characters must progress to finish the game. To finish the game. So they're playing a game and they've got to move spaces. What other film is there other than Jumanji? Ah, fuck it. Jumanji. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Nice. All right, next up for you, Hendo... J.K. Simmons said that he was so impressed with the script that he would have been happy just to play the teacher who has no spoken dialogue. Anything to appear in the film. Hmm. I mean, I feel like it's whiplash, but I'm just thinking about this. You can play the teacher who doesn't say any words. I don't think there's any 
teachers besides him in Whiplash. There's teachers in Juno, I'd imagine, which he is in. And it is an interesting script. There's no teachers in La La Land. I think you're just getting that part regardless. I really feel like you're trying to throw me off, and I really feel like it's Juno. Whiplash just sounds like that'd be the first one I'd obviously go to. And there is an option for Juno here rather than Jumanji, which is that was the only option. Yeah, I'm going to take a crack at it. I'm going to say Juno. Correct. Hold on. Thank you. (laughs) All right, two apiece. Last question, last trivia. This is the way we love it. Oh, God. All right. All right, here you go, mate. Here we go. The film was shot in reverse order. Al Pacino began with long hair and a beard, then for each scene, his hair and beard were trimmed bit by bit until he became clean cut. Uh... I'll tell you, I immediately think of Serpico because that's the only one I can think of where he's got long hair and a beard. <sighs> Why would they shoot that in reverse? I mean, I guess for the long hair, but is there anything else he's got a beard in that I can think of? Probably not. And I mean, the beard is like his hair and beard are so so much of the character as well. Like just picture in the poster, it's just him with such long hair. I haven't seen the movie, but I'll say Serpico. Well, I thought you were going to go Carlito's way. It is Serpico. <laughs> yeah. Very good, mate. Okay. So, again, you've got to get this right for the tie. Yep. All right. The film was not released to theatres in Tasmania. The Port Arthur Massacre rather spookily mirrored the film's content and happened not long before the film's released. It was released on video and subsequently broadcast. Port Arthur Massacre was 96. So, rather spookily mirrored. So, it's not not Bowling for Columbine... Natural Born Killers, I think, was a couple of years before the massacre, so I don't think it's that. So it's a film probably from like the late 90s about a guy who goes around and shoots up a place, roughly. Hmm. Nothing's really ringing a bell not long after, so I'm probably even thinking just 96, 97. So it got released on video. Video? Definitely not late 90s. DVDs were out by then. No, they were still doing videos, but... Uh, wow. Mirrored its content. Oh, I'm blanking. Hmm. Going to throw in the towel, Hendo? No, no, no. Not going to give it to you that easy. Been sitting here for 10 minutes now, mate. No, you have not. <laughs> you can edit out all this silence as much as you like. And we're now at 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes, Hendo. This is getting ridiculous. Okay. I've found a film in the back of my head. I have no idea if it's if it has something like this. I haven't seen it, but I feel like it could be it. This is my this is my guess here. The Boondock Saints. No. Okay. What was it? It's a film you've seen yeah. probably a few times, unlike. It's the Frighteners. Okay. Yeah, alright. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, about the same time too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Love Frighteners. How could you not? That's great. <laughs> no, very good, mate. You take that one down, which means that uh, you have won Pod V Pod 20. We've had two ties and two wins. Yeah! <laughs> How good's that? Doesn't matter about the draft. <laughs> uh, well done to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. What is my movie I'm watching? All right, mate. You can watch Hard Candy. Okay. That's a nice little list of films to be adding to so is that, movies is that watching. four films I gave you? Yeah, it is four films. I did not lose one. <laughs> oh, you got two films? <laughs> uh, hopefully this will shut you up for the next six months. <laughs> Whatever. 
Oh, oh he, he is filthy right now. <laughs> well, you did me dirty with that Tarantino Oh, one. here we go. Anyway, we're into our fifth game here. Let's do it anyway. It is our movie draft. And our theme we've gone for this time, considering it is our 20th Pod v Pod, we wanted to do something in the theme of the number 20. So we've gone all the way back 20 years ago to 1999, and that is going to be our draft. Films from 1999, but we've got a little caveat here, a little stipulation. We do have a stipulation. We've said that to make things a bit more uh, a bit more different for us, we're going to take out all of the films from 99 that are currently in the IMDb Top 250. So that takes out Fight Club, The Matrix, The Green Mile, American Beauty, and The Sixth Sense. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure those five would have ended up somewhere on our 10 total list, so... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably the first five, in all honesty. Yeah, I, I would I would think probably it would be. So. so that makes for a little bit more of an interesting pick, I must say. All right, and for this draft, I am going first. As it is your turn. And, man. <laughs> it's so even. Like, what do you pick first? I feel like it's an interesting one because I feel like I should take something here, but I don't think you're going to take it straight away, and I feel like I could probably pip it in maybe the third or fourth round. This is genuinely hard to pick first. This is one of the toughest first round picks I've ever done. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one because I feel like you're gonna take it in one of the next two rounds. I'm gonna take Magnolia. Oh, okay. I would not have gone Magnolia. Not even close. That film sucks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my first pick, I'm gonna take one which I assume you were talking about, which I would have taken first. It's Iron Giant. No, that wasn't the one I was going to take first. Ooh, what are you talking about? Odd. Very odd. Nah, definitely Iron Giant. For my second pick, I will take Toy Story 2. Okay. It's a good pick. Yeah. All right. For my next two, I'm going to take the one that I would have taken first because it is such a highly regarded film for 9.99, which... Oh, I not, think I know what I'm you're talking about. I'm not that big of a about. fan of it. Like, I don't mind it, but I feel like this is this is a very popular film. I'm going to take Office Space. Oh, not even on my list. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, I could have gotten the fifth. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Office Space is so big. I mean, it made my short list of 15 and I t- took five off, so nah, nah. All right. Well, my third pick, I'm going to take American Pie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, my next pick, I'm going to take 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, good pick. Oh, it's so tough. It's so even. Like, it really yeah. is so even looking at these. You, can, at you these. can basically close your eyes, point to one, and it's probably just as good as pick as the other ones you got there. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Austin Powers too. Okay. Now, I wasn't going to pick that in my last two. I think I made my decision of what I'm going to pick, and luckily you didn't choose yep. the other two. Okay, my last two, I'm going to take South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. That's the one I was nearly going to take then. And my number five... This is this is the wild card for me. This is this film is so like popular. I haven't seen it, but people what? Yeah, but people love this film. I'm taking Galaxy Quest. Oh wow! Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but everyone raves about Galaxy Quest. I feel like a <laughs> that's fifth a round. that's a that's a ballsy pick. Well, my other two are being John Malkovich and the talented Mr. Ripley. And Both I, fantastic films. Yes, but this is a popular vote, and I just don't think they're going to get. The votes. I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Galaxy Quest. Yes, I'm picking it for Galaxy Quest. Fair enough. So let's see how we go. All right, your last pick, mate. Have I persuaded you by not 
to, but to not choose Gee, yeah, I mean, you've, you've almost persuaded me to throw something different out because you've picked such a ridiculous film. Um, How do you know? You haven't seen it. Well, you don't know either. Yeah, so, so I'm not judging it. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I've already won. Um, <laughs> you, still get um, to, you still have a movie to pick if you win this. Yeah, I know, but I really like this movie and I thought like the poster's really good. I thought like the poster plays a big part, so I'm going to take Cruel Intentions. Nice, okay. That's, that's a good pick. Yeah. yeah why not? Why see not? why you like the poster. All right, so I ended up with Iron Giant, Toy Story 2, 10 Things I Hate About You, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, and Cruel Intentions. And I've got Magnolia, Office Space, American Pie, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, and Galaxy Quest. Definitely a um, quite light list in regards to, like, they're quite comedic. Well, that's what happens when you take out five awesome films. you got to find the uh, the 11th and the, and the 12th spot. Yeah, no, that's good. All right, so by the time you guys listen to this, we'll already have the draft up, and most of you should have already voted. because uh, We're going a little bit different with the blind movie draft now. We're actually making it a legit blind movie draft for at least the first half of the, the poll. So it should be interesting to see who wins this one, Dean. Yeah, it should be. I mean... It should just make it five for five for me. But, I mean, honestly, mm. maybe we should just throw you a little pity win at the end here. It's, it's two wins. Yeah, didn't win all four. Well, I didn't lose any, did I? I mean, did you lose? Oh, sorry. I lost, I, we probably shouldn't talk two. about it. I lost two. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, that's going to do it for Pod Pod 20. Congrats to you, sir. You did all right. Thank you. Thank you very much. It. Uh, I mean, I'd like to say you contributed, but really, it was all me. It was all you winning. Yes. Didn't have anything to do with my how my bad lay, you were. My layup questions. See, maybe. I, was, I was thinking. Didn't of, have anything to do with you. I was thinking maybe maybe it, maybe it has to do with how bad you answered your questions. Listeners, but really, let us know. Let us know about that Tarantino one. It was that a <laughs> dodgy question. Either way, I win. <laughs> no, that would have been a tie. Ah, it's fine. All right, now it's time for answer my question. The question, jerk. We asked you, what is your favourite Richard Gere film? All right, let's take a look at some responses on Twitter here. First one from the Recasting Couch podcast, Primal Fear, No Contest. Next up from Lisa C, hands down, Pretty Woman. Here's one from Brad from The Cinema Guys. I'd say Primal Fear, but I also really enjoyed First Night. Hmm. From Three on One podcast, Primal Fear Without a Doubt. Here's one from our lovely patron, Aliani Silvermist, as an officer and a gentleman. Hmm. Next up from Real Sharks, Mothman Prophecy. You seen that? So it's cinemas. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Here's one from Dylan Nose. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love the Mothman Prophecies. The moodiness is very effective, as is the Tic Tac scene. Don't know what you're referring to. It, there's a scene with Tic Tacs. Don't worry. You no. wouldn't understand. Okay. <laughs> um, next up from Via VHS Podcast. Via. 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 It's Via. I say via. You said via on a previous episode. And play. now I'm saying via. All right, go for it. Unfaithful. Here's a response from Butler, Chicago. Next up from Amy Thomason, Days of Heaven. Maria Emma says Runaway Bride. From Cassie Devereaux, my favourite Richard Gere movie by far is Summersby. It had a great storyline and a great cast as well. The book and the movie paired quite well together. And our last one here from Mitch Punpayuk. Primal Fear will always be one of my favourite movies. It was probably the first twist ending I remember watching and started my fascination with them. Alright, thank you very much to everyone on Twitter. Let's head over to our Facebook page. Here's one from Chris Wooldridge. Gotta go with the highbrow option, Days of Heaven. Such a wanker option there. <laughs> uh, from Trudy Smith, Pretty Woman. Michelle Jane says Pretty Woman 100%. Dipak Patel says American Gigolo. And Robert Whitelaw says The Jackal and Primal Fear. Too hard to choose between the two. And over to our Patreon for our lovely patrons. First one here from Mr. Shane Jeffrey. Man, it's been a while since we've heard from him. Primal Fear. Next up from Chris Beardsell, Days of Heaven. And our last one from Mr. Hayden Gerloff. 
primal fear for me. I thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But, Dean, it is time to get to our top five Richard Gere movies. All right, mate, let's start it off your number five. My number five is Unfaithful. Unfaithful, okay. Have you seen Unfaithful? No. My number five is Hachi. Yes! <laughs> I knew it would make your top five. I had a feeling. <laughs> All right, my number four is Hachi. Number four. Yes. Okay, my number four is Jackal. Seen the Jackal? Nah. No. Is it good? No. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number three, Mothman Prophecies. Okay, my number three is one of your favourites, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that does not make my top five. Uh, my number two, a film I really like, Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman, okay. My number two, Dean, have you ever watched a movie that you almost completely forgot about and then said that you'd seen it, you hadn't seen it, and then checked on your letterbox to figure it out, to see that you had actually logged it from a couple of years ago, that you that you had seen it? Very specific, I know, that question. Uh, no? Well, I have, because my number two is Pretty Woman. I said last week I hadn't watched it, but <laughs> apparently the letterbox, I watched it two years ago, rated it, and reviewed it. Like I, a written was, review? Yeah, when I was over in Scotland. A written review? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just, apparently I just don't remember the ending. It's really good. Well, it's my number two. I mean, the end's not very good, but the movie's really good. Um, I don't remember it. My, hmm, <laughs> my number one, without doubt, really, Primal Fear. Okay. My number one, I'm not going to mention right now, because I just watched it this week, and I'll talk about it in my What Else Have Been Watching. You, sir, such a wanker. Why don't you just tell us? I don't want to. Oh, God. And for next week's question of the week, since it is Mr. Chris Beardsall's picks coming up, and we're doing Wolf of Wall Street, he's gone with, what is your favourite Leonardo DiCaprio film? At least we've got some much better choices than the uh, Richard Gere category. Yeah, insanely better. <laughs> There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, then, let's take a look at the results of the qualifying rounds for the best 1970s film tournament. First match here, Rocky takes out Barry Lyndon with a 69% victory. Well done, Rocky. Next up, uh, Life of Brian loses out to Jaws yeah, with a right. 74% victory to yeah. Jaws. Good stuff, Jaws. And our last one here, The Exorcist takes out Network with a 69% victory. No real surprises there. No, they were the three that we picked to win. Yep. So we're still tied, as usual, when we do these uh, bracket challenges. All right, so that moves us on to our final 16, which we'll find out next week. Hmm. All right, we're going to take one more break here, give you two more promos from some awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with What Else Have Been Watching. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream in a Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. (laughs) Never be sorry on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Never be sorry. Cut in, talk over. I'm sorry every time I finish doing an episode. I didn't hear that, Nick. Don't bring it up yet. I'm not supposed to come out till like the end of the episode. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you at the movies. Hey, listeners. We just want to take a quick second here to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show to get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and another personal favourite of mine, CastBox. 
And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Now, we don't necessarily have a iTunes review for you guys, but we did get a review on our Facebook page from our good mate, Ryan Nutting. What a top bloke. He's a top bloke. He comes in with, love this podcast, listen each week. Thanks, mate. That's high praise. (laughs) (laughs) No, indeed it is. Cheers, Ryan. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Hendo? Well, Dean, we're into our next director film series. And we've decided to go with a director who has several films in the Top 250, but we want to check out his other work. Yes, we are talking about Mr. Quentin Tarantino. So we're going to do not all the films that he's so, uh, you know, maybe may have made, but at least all the films he's directed. Yeah, that's what it means by made. So this week we're going to kick it off with Jackie Brown. Nice. Love Jackie Brown. Good film, Jackie Brown. Or do I? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> I also just want to give a quick shout out to our two new patrons, Paul Leon and Amanda Thomas. Thanks so much. We are are forever indebted to you. Yeah, we really appreciate your support and we hope you enjoy all the extra content. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. Hello, listeners. And before we bring you back to this wonderful episode of the IMDb Journey podcast with Daniel and Dean, I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce to you the Cinema Retail Podcast. I am your host, The Vern, and on each episode, myself, along with a great guest, we will be discussing iconic moments in classic movies. But then again, we'll also be discussing moments in really bad movies too. Between those episodes, I will be giving you bonus audio reviews of movies, either new or old. So come check us out. Our main site is on thatmomentin.com. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Podomatic, Spotify, iTunes, Player FM, most places you can listen to podcasts. Just search for thatmomentin.com. Our Twitter handle is cinema underscore recall. Thank you very much for listening. Now, let's get back to Daniel and Dean. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to be arguing about some movie, all right? Enjoy. Thank you. All right, before we get into what else we've been watching, as usual, just remember we will not be spoiling the following films we're talking about. So if you haven't had a chance to see them yet, don't fear because we won't ruin it for you. And with that being said, let's get into... The Good. The Bad. All right, mate, I am dying to hear how many films you have watched in the last two weeks. Okay, I've watched a couple, okay, but some, not, no. some I've seen before. How many are you talking about some, today? Some I've, I've watched for the patron episodes, obviously. We don't talk about those ones in our numbers. They As of this numbers. morning when I woke up, I was at a solid zero, but I did lose some sort of bet because I had to watch Mishima, I think it's called. Mishima. Mishima. Um, so I did... Get through that this morning. So I've watched one. <laughs> Mate, it was nearly zero. <laughs> no, I wish it was zero. I would have given you another movie to watch because you didn't meet the quota. There's no quota. You had to watch Mishima before the next Oh, yes. Pod. Actually, yes, there was that quota. Yes. Okay. All right, Hendo. How many have you watched? 19. 
because I care about the podcast. I want to give. I don't know where you find the time for this. I am so busy all the time. I struggle, struggle to watch a movie, and here you are, just smashing out nineteen movies. That's right. That's what I do. Do you actually do you actually watch them or (laughs) just Google someone else's reviews and cut and paste? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what you were saying to me before? (laughs) So much easier when you do it that way. <laughs> All right, why don't we kick it off with me? <laughs> I mean, should I just jump in like earlier? No, no. Where I th- where I think that this film should rank in a list of twenty films? Actually, yeah, let's do that. Like, okay, well, my you- film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because right. oh, I give my star rating, so you just you just cut uh, me off whenever you want okay. when you want to add in Mishima. <laughs> All right, let's start off at number nineteen, which is First Kill. Is I know new? you haven't what heard year? this. 2017, it is a ridiculous Bruce Willis, terrible Ugh. film that was on Netflix. I came home from work and Kira just popped it on. I'm like, why not? <laughs> you should have been like, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so the good for this film is Hayden Christensen. Fuck off, yeah. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> he looks like he's trying here. and Well, he is acting opposite Bruce Willis. That's what I was going to say. If that's the best thing about this movie, there is some bloody problems. Because the bad thing about this film is that it is dull action, predictable twist, and Bruce Willis not giving a fuck. One star. Now, I'm not going to mention my 18 just yet because I want to talk about two films together. Jackass 3 and Jackass 3.5. Yep. Now, obviously, Jackass 3, Jackass 3D, when it came out, didn't watch it in 3D, of course. But for Jackass 3D, the good for me is that having not seen these guys for nine years, because this was 2010 when they did this, they can still pull off a stunt. Like, it still works for when you watch it these days. Made me laugh a lot. Like Really? Yeah. Certain gags they did. That giant hand. Have you seen Jackass 3? No, I don't think so. The one that sticks out for me is the big, massive hand. Actually, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Maybe I have. I don't know. Yeah, that's the one that stood out for me. I probably have. The bad thing is, eventually, you can definitely feel the shtick starting to wear off at some point, and I'm glad that they ended it with this film. I'm glad they didn't keep going because you could. it would have definitely got very tiresome. So that's a three-star for me. What number is that? We'll get to that later. On the other spectrum, you have Jackass 3.5, which is a, another movie they made, but it was just the stuff that didn't go in Jackass 3. This is was my it, number 18. Was it released? Yes. Theatrically? Yep. Really? Well, I don't know about theatrically, but it wasn't like an extra on the on the DVD. It was an actual it's, thing. It's a separate movie. Yeah, maybe like a straight-to-DVD kind of thing. 3.5. I feel like there's another movie that's done a 0.5. That's like- Lion King, one and a half. Is that one and a half? I think it's a new, I, I think that's a different movie, to be honest. You're not talking about Simba's- No, no, that's two. What are you talking about? There's a Lion King 1.5. I think it's like the story in between. Oh, what? Yeah. No, no. no? Isn't that Lion King 3, where Timon and Pumbaa mm. starts a movie there at, at the cinema, and they're I've watching- not seen that. Actually, they might be watching Lion King. Yeah, this is what you're talking about. They're watching Lion King, and then they cut, and we're like, oh, we were doing this. Really? Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Jackass 3.5. I guess the good is there were maybe one or two things they could have put in the film that that might have worked. But the bad is there is a reason this stuff didn't make it into the first cut. It's either way too over-the-top risque or it's just not risque enough. Risque or risky? Risque. It's a 1.5 star film for me. Which is where I come in. Legit? Legit. This movie sucks, man. Oh, jeez. Like, this... Oh, it's not good. So what, what? why did you give it to me? Have you heard, heard really good, good things? Heard, it's got a very high it rating. It does have a high rating. Uh, IMDb as well got it pretty high. Yeah, it's good price. It's, from a tough, it's a tough watch. A couple of our fellow podcasters. Tough watch, man. Tough watch. It's about a 
Like this is the other thing I don't understand. It's a, it's, it's a fake story, isn't it? About some Japanese is it? guy. It's a biography. I thought it was a fake one. A fictionalized biography. Yeah. So how much of it's real? How much of it's fake? I have no idea. Like I'm not sure if I should have some base knowledge of this guy before going into it. But it was extremely confusing. There are multiple timelines going, mm-hmm. not just two, and they are cutting in. The most random other, like almost mini movies yeah. that are intertwined with the present and past. It's so confusing. Like, really, really confusing. Paul Schrader directed it. I assume he wrote it as well. I haven't looked that up. I'd assume he did. Yeah, you'd assume so. Um, Paul Schrader, writer of Taxi Driver, First Reformed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the writing, for me, the good is the writing. I think from a you know, kind of philosophical standpoint, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that they're talking about, but I feel like I'd enjoy, a you know, a, going to a talk by him about this stuff rather than actually sitting through this visual medium because it's incredibly confusing. It took me ages to realise what these mini-movies, like, meant and what they were and how much of it's real, how much of it's fake. Obviously, it's all intertwining, but mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And I think it's very arty. You might like it more. You probably will because that's the sort of thing you do. But I like, just like I films. just I didn't I didn't enjoy it at all. Okay. I can appreciate I can appreciate this would be a great film to watch in high school and really study, write essays on. There's a lot of content in here. There's a lot about looking at like the human condition and you know, past versus present, all this sort of stuff. It's it's all good stuff, but it's so fucking boring and confusing. I had to drop it down. Originally, I was thinking two, but I was like, did I enjoy sitting through it? I really didn't. All right. Yeah, so one and a half for me, Mishima. Did you do media in high school? Uh, why do you ask that? I was going to ask what film you had to um, essentially break down, I guess. Yeah, I didn't do media. I did English. Obviously, we broke down films in English. I also did literature. And there was an element of we'd read like a play from um, oh, what's his name? I don't know. You're telling the story. The Tchaikovsky. 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 Nah, Chekhov. Chekhov. Isn't Tchaikovsky a pianist? Yeah. Nah. I don't know. Um. So you don't know. You don't know pianist. Aren't you a piano player? I am. Are you a pianist? I am a pianist. You penis. Are you a pianist? Because you're kind of being a bit of a pianist right now. Um, no, Chekhov. Um, but there was an Anthony Hopkins adaptation of it. And like, this is honestly, this is where I really started doing super analytical studies on, like I'd write an essay on like a 10 minute scene and there's like a mirror there. And what does that mean? And, and the teacher lapped it up. Like he fucking loved it. And I, I loved doing that stuff, which is quite convenient considering what we do on the podcast now. Mm. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, did you do media? I did media. We had to do aliens. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I remember in English we had to do Gattaca. 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 My oh. God, I've watched that movie a lot. Oh, that'd be in like my top 20 films because we watched it so many times. And like sometimes like that was a year 12 movie for mm. us. So sometimes I'd go home and I couldn't be bothered doing homework, but I'd feel really guilty. So I'd be like, I'll just watch Gattaca again. Yeah. That's homework, right? <laughs> what are you doing, Dean? Do homework, mum. <laughs> All right, moving on to my number 17. You can go take a nap now since you probably don't have to hear from you anymore. Romper Stomper. What? 17? Are yeah. you kidding me? I hated this movie. Really hated? Yeah. You my don't good- like anti-racism movies? My good thing is Russell Crowe. This is the reason, there's a reason why he became a superstar. Like he, he just shines so much in this film. 
I mean, where do I start with the bat? I hated every single character in this film. No one is redeemable. Nothing. I just, I couldn't stand anything that was going on in this film. I really did not like this film one bit. One and a half stars. Which brings me to my number 16 film, which is Replicas. Okay. New film from this year starring Keanu Reeves. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Really bad. Uh, The good for me is that it had some sort of interesting concepts and questions about like transferring your conscious to other beings and AI and all that good jazz. The bad for me is is Keanu Reeves, he cannot put in a good dramatic performance. Like he's got John Wick because he's all about action and he can do his own stunts and that, but man, give him a, give him something dramatic to do. Meaty. It's just, it's laughable. Like I just looking at him going, man, you just, you just can't pull it off. But what about, what about like the nice guy discount? He's a really good bloke though. Good on him. That's why, that's why this film gets two stars from me because he's a nice guy. (laughs) All right. Which brings me to my number 15, which is Cold Pursuit. Hmm. The latest Liam Neeson yeah. action film. I was considering watching that. I would say no. Oh, so you think I watch too many movies, shouldn't watch that one? That's not what I said at all. <laughs> the good for me about this film is that it is it is kind of a fresh take on like the stale Liam Neeson action film that we're used to. It actually has some decent use of comedy in some sort of serious moments. It actually plays well. The bad for me about this film is there is actually a lot of random characters that did not need to be in this film at all. You could have cut out their weird little stories that they, that goes nowhere, focus more on the central characters, and you could have tightened it up a bit. It would have made it a much better film. More Neeson is what you're saying. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Moving on to my number 14, which is 16 Candles. Okay. This movie, is it's not for now, I guess. Like, it's it may be back in the 80s. Mm. I saw it a while ago. I, th- I think it was okay. The good for me is Molly Ringwald. She shows why she become a pretty decent 80s star back then. She's she's not bad in this film. The bad for me, like I just said, is just it feels like a relic of the 80s. Like it's it's so overly racist and rapey, and it's just generally all these rapey. Rapey. There is a very weird date rape scene that is treated as a, a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that is it's just not cool. Like it's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, All right. Yeah. And most of the characters are generally unlikable. So two stars for me. Fair enough. All right, here's a review from Gidget on the Rue. My partner Colonel only watched it for the first time a few months ago. He loved it for being so non-PC. Got <laughs> <laughs> <Good on> you, Colonel. <laughs> All right, on to my number 13, which is another new film, Miss Bala. It's got Gina Rodriguez in it. Do you know who that is? <laughs> no. Oh, you don't know who that is. Yeah. I can understand you not knowing who that is when you watch one film every two weeks. The good for me about this film is I probably like Gina Rodriguez in this movie more than anything else I've seen her in. That's not really saying much, though. I don't really think that she's that good of an actor. The bad for me with this film is that it's just it is just a stock standard film. It is incredibly formulaic and generic. Nothing stands out for me, really, in this film. Two and a half stars. Okay, that's I don't know. I thought you were going to hit it, hit that with a two, two and a half. Getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. All right, here's a review from Colby Mack, and everyone loves using this little pun. Instead of Miss Bala, how about Meh Bala? Oh, Colby! Sick burn, Colby! <laughs> All right, that brings me to my number twelve film, which is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my god! You can understand me! Stop! I've been so lonely! They try to talk to me all the time. All they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, you can hear him, right? Pika Pika! Yeah! Pika Pika Pika, he's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? I don't need a Pokemon, period. And what about a world-class detective? Because if you want to find your pops, I'm your best bet. We're gonna do this, you and me. That's right, I saw you saw that. Cheers for the invite, bro. When do we ever go see films together? 
I was thinking, you know what movie I forgot we saw together? Hunger Games. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, that was random. <laughs> it was. So the good for me about this- Hold on, hold on. Did you ever like Pokemon growing up? If you just let me talk, the good for me is as, as someone who grew up on Pokemon- Were you a card collector? I was a card collector. I was a game collector. I was a Game Boy. You collected games? I collected all the games. The yellow, the uh, the red, the blue. Keep going. They were the big three. And then they went into gold and silver and that. I, I definitely stuck with the red, blue, and the yellow. I don't even feel like yellow was a big one. It yellow was, was the- big. That was the Pikachu variety. And you yeah. get the Game Boy that had the Pikachu on it, and it was yellow. Did you have a Game Boy? I had a Game Boy. Oh, Game I ne- Boy Advance. I never had a Game Boy. I We used to- Wish I had a Game Boy. At lunchtime at school- Thanks a lot, Mum. We had a Game Boy battles. Like we would, We'd had the Game Boy Link, and we'd hook them up, and we'd play Pokemon together and battle each other. No, I used to link um, Digimon. Uh, Digimon was like after Pikachu. Pikachu? Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I got out of it by that point. Anyway, so what do you think of the movie? Uh as a person who n- knew a bit about Pokemon from back in the day, it was pretty cool to see a world imagined where Pokemon was basically a regular Was Charizard thing. cool? Charizard was cool. Yeah. It was It was good to see. Like, I was like, oh, I know I know that Pokemon. That, that, did, did Pikachu say, Pika, Pika? He did a couple of times. Nice. Yeah. And to be fair, when did I you was get younger. Stiffy? And to be fair, when I was younger. <laughs> what the fuck? What was I saying? <laughs> Something about when you were younger? Yeah, when I was younger, I actually, I'm not afraid to admit that I had, had some... Visions like, how cool would it be if Pokemon were real and to have these little dreams of Pokemon running around? You'd be a Pokemon trainer. Maybe you didn't because you weren't into Pokemon back then. But I was. I had the cards. The cards, that it? You played the games? And, oh, I did on computer though, not Game Boy. Okay, fair enough. But the bad for me about this film is that the crime mystery portion of the film, which is the majority of it, it is tedious. It's predictable. The actress playing the the lead actress, the journalist, she is horrific. How's, how's the, the human characters? They're... Okay, Bill Nye's in it. He's underused. the The main guy, Justice Smith, I believe, he's okay. But overall, like Justice, the only good thing about this film is like watching the Pokemon. Like, say, oh, that's cool, yeah, that'd be interesting. But the rest of it, no, it's two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, rough. I don't think it's rough at all. I think it's perfectly fine. All right, here's a review from Corey Tatum. I'm pretty sure there is a lot of fan service in this movie for that type of crowd, but I am not one of them. I did, however, like the art direction and production value of the movie. The comedy from Ryan Reynolds hits at points, but it's few and far between. Overall, it's just meh. And here's one from Chris737. It's a fun movie. I grew up being part of the Pokemon craze, but I never played the game, so I didn't know what to expect of the movie plot-wise. But I wasn't disappointed. My nephew is just getting into Pokemon and he really enjoyed it. And our last one here from Ryan Alteri. Lots of fun for first or second generation Pokemon fans. If you fall between generations or way before or after, then it's cute at best. But for those who watch the show or still play Pokemon Go, it's a good time. All right, on to my number 11, which is the first film that our patrons gave me to watch in the last two weeks, The Fountain. (laughs) I tried watching this once. Did you? Yeah, I I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. Okay. I think it's fine. It's a three-star film for me. The good is that it is visually stunning a majority of the time. Like, it was really good to watch. The bad for me is there is chunks of this film that are incredibly confusing. Mm. I mean, it's Darren Aronofsky. You know, he goes on these highbrow sort of adventures, but- You don't say. (laughs) Really, shock horror. (laughs) No, but for me, this is a three-star film. Moving on to my number 10 film, Spaceballs. Ah, Yes. Have you seen Spaceballs? I don't know. I think I've seen some of it, but I don't really remember it. What is regarded? I was thinking because people give me shit because I haven't really seen Mel Brooks films. What's no, no, like- you don't like Mel Brooks films. 
Touche. Um, in fairness, so I really haven't seen any. Uh, what what is generally regarded as like his best? What's his magnum Probably opus? This? this? Probably this. This and Blazing Saddles. Yeah. I think you throw in the top three would be Spaceballs, Blazing Producers? Saddles, and maybe Young Frankenstein. No, no, because that's 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 an actual movie. This is like a, these are parody movies. Are you talking just general Mel Brooks? I have, I have no idea. Like, why do people love Mel Brooks? Is it because of Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, and Young Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Probably. Okay. So where do you come down on Mel Brooks? <sighs> He's okay. I think. What? I think only okay. Yeah, I think he's okay. You're all, you're all hearing this, guys. Yeah, I think he's okay. Wow. Yeah. Burn him at the what's stake. Your, what's your take? Oh, well, Hades films. I haven't They're seen, all shit. I haven't seen them. Uh, the good for Spaceballs for me, if we're just pinpointing certain things, there is an epic is it Lord Helmet or something. It is an there is an epic fourth wall break scene in this movie. It is probably the best fourth wall break scene I've ever seen in a film. It is fantastic. The bad for me... Way to be hyperbolic, Hendo. ...is that, again, with other Mel Brooks films I've seen recently, there are a lot of jokes that are either outdated or they're just they're just not funny in the slightest. Like, it, they seem kind of lazy. Like, you got, are you calling Mel Brooks lazy? There's obviously Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars, right? Of course. The character in Spaceballs is Pizza the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> like Pizza Hut. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Stop putting it on. <laughs> Oh, well done, Mel Brooks. Uh, bravo, sir. Bravo. Excellent writing. <laughs> so clever. <laughs> now, the overall Spaceballs does get a three star from me. Here's a review from Beyond the Box Office. A parody so on the pulse that they decided to use it as the template for future official Star Wars movies. Did they? I don't think they did. Do you know, Dean? I haven't seen Spaceballs. <laughs> All right, we mentioned my number nine already, which was Jackass 3D. Back to me. <laughs> it's number eight. The original Dumbo. You like the original Dumbo? I like the original Dumbo. Actually, the original Dumbo is not bad. I'm just so poisoned by the modern one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, nah, the original Dumbo. It's different, isn't it? It is different. The good for me is is the character of Dumbo. He's very, very cute and innocent and absolute delight to watch. Hmm. The bad for me is there is this weird alcoholic Yeah, scene. isn't it? So out of place. Oh, I was watching with the kids. I'm like, I don't <laughs> know what's going on here. Like, who is this for? Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough, weird little scene. But overall, it still gets a three and a half for me. Really? Three and a half? What's wrong with that? That's like 60 minutes. There's this huge oh, trip take scene. Take half a star off a 60-minute runtime. I mean, it's just add not a, much I to it, add half it? a star for the short runtime. <laughs> okay. On to my number seven, which is Life Animated. You heard of this one? No. It's from a couple of years ago. It's a documentary about an autistic kid who grows up who pretty much gets his life experiences from watching Disney films. Like Dumbo. Yes, and many other Disney films. But the good for me is that Owen, the the main re- the focus of this movie, he's protagonist. Quite a, he's quite a charming man, and he makes this documentary rarely dull or disinteresting. Also, seeing a majority of Disney films in this movie gives it a little bit more awesomeness in general. The bad for me is that I, I guess if you're looking for some conflict or serious stakes in your documentary, doesn't have any. It's just a general story. And overall, this does get a three and a half from me too. Just giving out these stars today. Well, you're not giving any out at all. I got to get one and a half out. <laughs> On to my number six, which is Frank. You heard of Frank? Yeah, Fastbender. Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Domino Gleason. They're the big three. Yep. The good for me about this film is it is wonderful storytelling. Michael Fastbender is, geez, this could be one of his best roles, like in any movie. I mean, you obviously got Shame and Toby's a Slave as well, but Frank is definitely up there. And the music is pretty decent too. It's uh, all original music, it's pretty great. The bad for me is that they, I guess there's a portion once they return from the cabin recording session that it really dragged for about 10, 20 minutes there. But generally, everything else is pretty it's fantastic. like a third of Dumbo's runtime. What are we talking about Dumbo for? You brought him up. No, you brought him up then. 
Twat. Four stars for Frank. You know, I used to say twat. <laughs> for I the longest be time, if you still did. For the longest time growing up, I I would always go to twat. <laughs> but yeah, it is twat, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, Here's a review from Tom Schutzer. Food for thought. My review of Frank. How does he brush his teeth? I mean, I don't know. I can't answer that. Could you? Isn't it a mask? It's a big, massive head that he yeah, puts but on. You take it off. No, no, he doesn't take it off. You just said he puts it on. He never takes it off in the film. Well, even when he goes to bed, he goes to bed with yep. a mask. He sleeps with the head on. Yes. Mm. He hasn't taken it off since he put it on the first time. How does he eat? Straws. He drinks out of like it's like all liquid form. Wow. So he can wow. fit a straw through his mouth. No, he puts it underneath the not the tiny little bit in his neck. Mm. There. Uh, can can you get like mints in liquid form? Maybe he'd just suck through like really runny toothpaste and then swirl it around. Or he just drinks mouthwash. Yeah. Or you could just go straight to mouthwash. Yeah, I'd say that. Maybe that's why he doesn't take the the head off because his teeth have become so yellow. Maybe he's gone the, too far. Maybe you should see the film. I won't no. spoil it for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You've already ruined the whole how he eats bit, though. <laughs> oh, my apologies. <laughs> And here's a review from Steve at the Movie Drone Podcast. To be frank, Frank is frankly. (laughs) Oh, I like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Frankly, a largely underrated movie. (laughs) Good stuff, Steve. Well done, mate. All right, on to my number five film, and that is a new film from this year, Apollo 11. You heard anything? Why do I ask if you've heard anything about this film? I know you haven't. I've heard of Apollo 13. You have? You heard about it today? Yes, I did. Now, Apollo 11 is a documentary. Oh, is it? Yeah. It is a look at the Apollo 11 mission to land on the moon, led by Commander Neil Armstrong and pilot Buzz Aldrin. It is basically- Actually, I did hear about it in First Man, they mentioned it. A couple of times in that film? Yeah. Now, the good for me about this documentary is that it is absolutely visually stunning. The technical aspects to this film are fantastic. Editing, sound, everything in this works really, really well. The bad for me about this film is that it is about the moon landing and everything that went into it from beginning to end. I'm talking well before they take off their entire trip there, the actual landing on the moon, the trip back, and then everything that happened afterwards. So there are some points in this film. And are you saying they managed to fit that into just one film? Yeah. How did they do that? I don't know, man. (laughs) And while some points of this film are incredibly interesting, there are a couple of stretches of lackluster info being shown. So majority of this film has some very crucial moments. It is fantastic to look at the entire time. Was bored a couple of times in between. It does get a four stars from me, though. Hmm. And I did put a poll up on Twitter about this, about what rating would you give it? 45% went five-star fantastic. Really? It's one of the highest rated films of the year so far. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll have to watch it. The Superiority Complex has loved it. It was amazing on the big screen. In Session Film said, yeah, one of my favorite cinema experiences of the year so far. Feel and Film Podcast said, still my number one of the year. And even Colby Max says, in freaking incredible. Can we even call it a documentary? Never seen anything like it. Well, Colby, it is a documentary. It's a true story. And that brings me to my number four film, which is Short Term 12. Seen this one? No. I have heard of it, though. Cool. Well, the good for me this about this film, it's Brie Larson. She puts in a absolutely fantastic performance in this film. This is like room-worthy of performance. Oh, careful. Mm, hot take. No, she is fantastic in this film. But it's not just her. Everyone in this film puts in solid work. John Gallagher, Lakeith Stanfield. What about France Turner? 
Rami Malek does okay in this film too. He's definitely one of the, you know, secondary characters, but he still puts in the hard effort here. The bad for me is that there's actually nothing major standing out for me in terms of what's bad. It's just, you know, generally a very heartfelt, warm story that I enjoyed. And it gets four stars from me. Nice. I'll have to check that one out. Okay, here's a review from Sam at the Movie Reviews and 20 Kids podcast. Love that film. Had nothing but love for Brie Larson and her acting abilities after that. Can't blame you there, mate. All right, we go on to my top three. And the third film here is the other film that the patrons got me to watch this week, The Mist. How'd you go with The Mist, Hendo? It's in my top three out of 19. You, you, I do very much like it. So Paul said we couldn't be Twitter friends if I didn't like this film. So might have got me out of this movie watching challenge. High stakes, Hendo. <laughs> Uh, the good for me with this film is, while there is a horror about weird bug alien things attacking people in this film, there's also a strong side story of the war on humans, I guess, and paranoia, and how far people will go to survive, which is probably more frightening than the bugs in the film, to be honest. The bad for me is that, like, I guess, it, this isn't really the movie's fault per se, but since I already knew how this ended, it never gave me that emotional impact that I'm sure it would have had I seen it for the first time. So the end didn't hit as hard for me. Yeah, no, I understand that. I'm sort of like I have no inclination at all to watch it because I know what happens. So. The rest of the film is good. Like, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The ending is probably the, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. The, like everyone knows about that. So overall still gets four stars from me. Okay. Okay, here's a review from the Ghost of the Stratosphere podcast. The Mist is an eminently forgettable movie with maybe the best ending in cinematic history. Uh, okay, I probably have different opinions about you there. I don't think it's the best in cinematic history, and I don't think it's a forgettable movie. <laughs> and our last one here from Paul at the Countdown podcast. The Mist is one of the best King adaptations with a superior ending to the novel and is a fantastic study of what happens to the human psyche under extreme stress. Well done, Paul. Good review. We're into my top two, mate. My number two film is the film that... You gave me. Starred up. Ah, nice. Yeah. I forgot about that. Loved it. It's very good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's pinpoint some good things here. It's it's visceral. It is visceral. Great performance from all the main cast. And it's really shot well to give you this claustrophobic feel of mm. basically being an inmate in such a confined prison. How good's the prison stuff though? I.e. The, the entire film. <laughs> See what a real prison looks like, Hendo. I don't think it's a real prison. You don't? I think these types of prisons are few and far between. But they exist. Yeah, probably. There's so probably a couple out it's there. it's real. This is not the interpretation of a real general prison. The bad for me is that, again, there's nothing that really stands out as bad for me. So I guess maybe- You don't have to make something up, just nothing bad. I guess, Five stars. I guess Mendo goes a bit over the top. What? Once or you twice. take that back. Nothing drastic, though. So it gets four stars from me. Okay. And we go to our number one films. What's yours? Uh, my number one film, I guess that would mean, has to be Primal Fear. Are you with I thought, me? I thought your number one was Mishima. <laughs> Loved Mishima. One star. <laughs> one star. One, number one film of the fortnight. <laughs> no, my number one film for the week is the Richard Gere film that I did not mention earlier, Shall We Dance? I saw that at the cinemas I am well. joking. It's Primal Fear. I'm not joking. I saw Shall We Dance at the cinemas. Primal Fear. Oh, man. This yeah. film's so good. You know, for a long time, this was like in my top 10 of all time. I, I can see it. It's a, it blew me away when I was a teenager. Yeah. The good for me is by far Richard Gere's best film. Like, this isn't even a contest. He is great in this film. You know who else is great? Edward Norton. Yeah. He is so good. It's yes. astounding me how great he was in this film. The entire courtroom escapades, the investigation, everything just engulfed me in it. Nah, it's crazy good. 
And I, the bad with it, I guess, like the mist, I knew the ending already. Yeah. It's not the movie's fault. Like, watching the investigation and where they were going, knowing where it ended up, yeah, yeah. it annoyed me. Yeah, for sure. You can't, you can't go 23 years and not figure out, not know this ending and then come back and watch it. it you'd be, have to be living under a rock to not know how the ending of Primal Fear ends. So, overall, it's four and a half. Nice. Very good. And that's going to do it. Thanks, Dean, for your contribution for the What Else We've Been Watching segment. No worries. I look forward to uh, doing it all again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to – oh, I was going to say, I'm sure you have zero next time, but at uh, least you've got two. I'll have two. Don't have two. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to go see John Wick 3 in that time? Uh, actually, hold on. Actually, Aladdin yeah. comes out this week, doesn't it? Who knows? Because we'll probably do a couple of our bonus episodes maybe on these films, so you might actually not be talking about these films in our What Else We've Been Watching segment. Mm. Are you looking forward to Aladdin? Uh, I'm I'm indifferent to it. Did you like the cartoon? What does that have to do with that? Is no, doesn't matter. I, I I mean, if you say no, I didn't like the cartoon. I think it does matter because it means there's zero chance you'll like the movie. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I like the cartoon. You did like the cartoon. Yeah. You seem so hesitant it, to say that. Doesn't. No, what do you have against the cartoon? Robin Williams, cartoon. genie. Come on. Oh, really? Is that the cartoon you're talking about? Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other Aladdin cartoon. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Thank you very much, listeners, for checking out the podcast this week. We will see you next week for The Wolf of Wall Street. Bye.